0: Hey, so if you're in marriage counseling, you're trying everything to win your marriage back. You're just trying to figure stuff out and nothing seems to be working. You're doing probably the wrong thing. So that's why I created my five-day challenge for men just like you who are on the cusp of separation or divorce. You're trying to figure stuff out. You don't know what to do. So look, in this five-day challenge, I'm gonna help you gain clarity on what you need to be doing. I'm gonna help you understand the pain that you're in and what you need to be doing about it, how to fix that, all of this in five days for just five bucks. That's right, five-day challenge. Five bucks, that's it. Get in, do it now. Don't wait any longer. Get in right now, do the work. It's easy. Every day you're going to get assignments. Every day you're going to get an action step to take so that you're moving forward and you're going to stop the paralysis that you're in right now where you don't know what to do. You're stuck, all that other stuff. It comes to an end today. Jump in right now. Five bucks, that's all it costs. Jump in today. Let's see on the other side. What's up, guys? I remember uh, probably 15, 20 years ago now, I was sitting in the office of one of those job workplaces where they help you get a job. And at the time, I'd already had a uh, bachelor's degree. Um, no, actually I had my associate's degree at the time. And I hadn't even finished my bachelor's degree, but I had a new wife and um, you know, I was married and basically I was stumbling around you know, working for like pennies. And this guy at the works place, he was kind of an older gentleman, he said to me, you need to go get a job at the corrections department, you need to go to work and he was very stern with me, and I did not like it at all. Um, I did not see myself as a correctional officer, and I didn't want to do that kind of work. Um, oddly enough, my first job out of college after that, so I went back to college for a couple of years, finished my bachelor's degree, was at a prison teaching inmates. Um, so instead of being a correctional officer, I was a, I was a teacher, if you will. Um, but fast forward again several years, um, I kept trying to do this entrepreneurship thing, and I quit my job there. Um, put my family in a in a fucking grind, and you know we lost our car, our house. Um, that point, I almost lost my marriage for the first time. At that point, seven years in, and fast forward again a couple of years, and really, what I kept doing was was living out of a false reality. I was living this false dream that somehow, some way, money was going to come to me, whether it was through God or a miracle. Or you know somehow my somehow I was gonna I was gonna like find a business opportunity something, and I lived in this false reality. Then I remember again several years later when um, I had lost my driver's license for six months due to not being able to pay um, my insurance and getting pulled over with that lack of insurance. Um, so I lost my car, I lost my insurance for six, or I lost my ability to drive for six months. I was literally on probation. I'd never been in trouble in my life. And I remember a friend of mine was like, dude, you need to go get a job at Starbucks and just like, you know, get a ride there or or have somebody take you there. And I was just like, I fought it and I fought it and I fought it. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to start another business or I'm going to do another thing. And it's because I was so entrepreneurial and it took me another four or five years to finally just like submit and go get a fucking job. And I remember getting that job and just finally feeling like, some weight lifted off my shoulder, and I started to feel some peace finally again in my life. Now, I'm an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur, but what I was doing was I was telling myself a story about money and work and all these things that that contradicted what I thought was my identity, and that I found my identity in how smart I was and how business savvy I could be, and that I could just make money because I'd flip things. I'd, I, I just basically, you know, done a lot of like low end shit to make ends meet, but I'd never like actually created wealth. I never actually created a solid, steady, um, high end income, if you will. And going through that season showed me a lot about myself, and I, and I say that because there's a lot of you that listen to my podcast, and you want to you know join what we do at Thrive you want to you want to be a part of it or you know you recognize that you need help and so you need to invest in yourself but you don't have the ability so this story is for you guys because there's so many of you telling yourself a story about who you are and about finances and money that's not true so when I went and got the job as I got a job in marketing. I ended up building up a skill in that job that allowed me three years later to then go start a business with that skill and that skill earned me a lot of money and not only that, but it allowed me to invest in myself at a deeper level, spending upwards of $100,000 on coaching, which then I returned and when I started Empowered Man, I had those skills multiple multiplied and was able to create a very fast growing business because of those skills. So some of you are sitting here going, well, that's great, man. I would love to make the money you make and and, and do all of that. And I'd love to be able to invest in myself. <clears throat> for some of you, it literally starts as simple as this. Go get a fucking job. I am tired of seeing guys go, I've been laid off for 21 weeks in our Facebook group. What the hell are you doing for 21 weeks? Who the fuck sits on their ass for 21 weeks and doesn't go get another job? There are so many job openings right now in America. It's unreal. You know how hard it is for us to find good employees? It's fucking hard. We've got tons of openings, but we can't fill them with good people. So don't sit around and tell me you don't have a job. You can't make money. That's bullshit. You're a lazy motherfucker, and you need to stop being lazy. You're telling yourself a damn story about money and about work that isn't fucking true. And you need to get off your ass and go to fucking work. Your wife, your kids are counting on it. I remember not being able to buy diapers for my son and feeling shame and feeling like I was a failure. And it wasn't that I was a failure it was that I was telling myself a fucking story that wasn't true. And that was that, that there would be something wrong with me if I went and got a job at Starbucks or got a job doing something menial, even though I'd already had a bachelor's degree or an MBA at that point, I have a master's degree in business, but I was too proud, too cocky, too arrogant to humble myself and get a fucking job. And finally, when I humbled myself and got a low paying job, I suddenly was given the ability to build skills, to build a side hustle, and that side hustle turned into a business that turned into a multi-million dollar business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you're sitting here going, well, how do I get to that place? How do I get to invest in myself? How do I get to drive the nice car? How do I get to have the nice house? How do I get to do those things? Do the fucking work. Stop being lazy. Stop blaming the economy. Stop blaming Biden or Trump or whoever you're fucking you want to blame. Stop blaming everyone and look at yourself because the only reason you are in the financial position you are in is because of you. It's not because of anybody else. It's you. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your job. It is you. You are responsible for your money. You are responsible for what you make. You are responsible for what you spend. If you don't know how to set boundaries with your wife, that's on you, not on her. Someone's got to tell you this shit. Someone's got to wake your ass up and help you understand that it's no longer acceptable for you to blame the market or anyone else for your shortcomings. I don't care if you're disabled. I don't care what's wrong with you. You can go get your shit fixed. There is a very, very small percentage of people that literally figuratively can't do any type of work. But even those disabled people I've seen be able to come up with business ideas or do things creatively that that brought income for their family. This is about you. If you can't invest in yourself, that's not on somebody else, that's on you. And if you so desperately want help and you so desperately are willing to do the work, let me tell you, you will gain so much more. We, I have guys I respect at a high level who are low-level employees who barely make any money, but they are willing to risk everything. They were willing to get financed or a loan or something or borrow from a father-in-law to come into our program because the way they saw money was, this is something that is valuable for me and it's gonna change my life, and it did. We've had guys come in who barely made money, who ended up getting confidence and and, des- and and learned more skill going back to their job and saying, hey, I want a raise and getting a raise to continue paying for what they were doing with us. So if your money sucks, if you're not making money, if you're sitting on your ass waiting for the economy to turn around, if you're sitting around going, oh, gosh, you know, it must be nice for those rich guys. Fuck you. Fuck you in the story that you're telling yourself. You need to get off your shit. Listen here, I was on food stamps for probably seven years out of the 17 years I was married. I was fucking broke as a joke. Like literally could not afford shit. Like literally $14 to go out to eat was like like the biggest thing ever for me to take my kids out for 14 bucks because that was all we could scrounge together. I was fucking broke. I know what that shit is like. I know what it's like to not be able to pay my rent for three months in a row and almost get kicked out multiple times and have to go to the government to borrow, to go to WIC to get for, for... I know what that shit is like. And some of you look at me and go, oh, you're successful, All right, this and that. Dude, I'm 42 years old. I wasn't always successful. Don't Don't tell yourself a story about Mark because you don't know fuck about me. But I know more about you than you realize. I've been in your shoes and I know exactly what it's like. Look, if you want help, you can get help. But it starts with you. It starts with you getting to your ass, getting off your ass and grinding. So... Who's going to do it? Let's go. All right. All right. What's up, guys? Ready for another Empowered AF 2.0 episode. Hope you guys are liking the new format. I know I am because we're able to expand into deeper territory. You know, when we first started the podcast back in 2020, there was a lot of raw content that was being uh, put out. Some of it was from the very, very early days of Empowered Man and some of the first videos that I was putting together uh, based on a lot of the deep pain that I had gone through and really had just begun to start putting together the message and articulating the message. And as you can see, we've grown and we've grown and we've grown and really tried to get better at articulating the message in a healthy way. Um... Not that it was unhealthy before, but I guess a better way instead of saying healthy is in a way that's more succinct, in a way that makes more sense, in a way that gets men to go, I got it. I see where you're coming from and I need what you got. And so that's why we're doing this. So, you know, as we continue to develop the, you know, last week I, I kind of gave the intro where we're going through the sort of the book, The Obstacle is the Way. And we're going to go through that and then we're going to go through um, Ego is the Enemy. And these books have really inspired me. Um, to help me articulate the message because they both speak the same language I do, but really have articulated the message in a different and kind of a unique way. And so I'm going to lay down the foundations for some of that, uh, today and in the next couple of weeks. And as we get into the, the power of perspective and then we'll get into being unshakable, um, with our, our emotions, et cetera, and, and then confronting those emotions that we have and, and really how to walk through those and, This really applies, guys. This doesn't just apply to your marriage situation. It also applies to your life. It applies to you in business. It applies to you in all five dimensions. Remember, you as a leader, you as a producer, you as a husband, you as a father, and you as just a man, your internal and external world. And these are principles that I use myself personally, as well as our team does. And it's the way we hold ourselves accountable uh, because we wanna live from this perspective where every opportunity or every obstacle we see is an opportunity to grow. Um, and then we'll get into more on the ego and I'm excited about that because that is a tough pill to swallow. So, but for today, we want to really talk about the power of perspective, the power of perspective. You see, when I, when when we think about perspective, we don't understand how powerful it is in marketing. I was taught that, that a, a customer's perspective is their reality. Their, their perspective is the reality, and if that's their reality, I'm not here to change the reality. I'm really here to understand their perspective, and as I understand their perspective, I can meet them where they're at, and it's the same with you. You have a perspective of what is going on, but here's, here's the thing is that it's up to you to choose the perspective that you put on in order to view the lens or view through that lens of perspective what it is that you're actually going through and what that trial or tribulation is. Uh, and it really doesn't matter if it's a trial tribulation or if it's actually something that's positive or good, either way, you choose the perspective that you want to have. Um, when I think about the perspective of leaving my marriage and, and going through what I went through, it was hard. Um, you know, in that process, uh, you know. I lost my dream car that I had at a Tesla Model X, and I could no longer afford to make the payments. Um, I I lost my business at the time that I had, which is a marketing agency. And and really, it felt like everything was crumbling around me. And even though I was making changes and I was moving forward with my life, it still felt like everything was pressing on me. and, And what I was going through felt like it could break me if I allowed it to. But here's the thing is that I've been through way worse in my life. I had been through so many things and those things helped strengthen me as a man and, and helped me really to be able to stand strong with a strong backbone. And that's not, that's not to say that it wasn't hard. And it's not to say I didn't cry and it's not to say I didn't get angry. It's not to say I didn't experience the, you know, all the, the, the different parts of the grief, you know, the five, the five stages of grief or, or any of those things. I experienced all of those things. In fact, at a high level, but Here's the thing, is that I chose a perspective that did not allow me to waste my pain, it did not allow me to be disempowered, it did not allow me to, to just kind of wither away. In fact, I remember when I was getting ready to move out of my house, and making decision on where do i go from here do i go get a bachelor pad do i go get a some tiny apartment that you know two bedroom apartment how am i supposed to afford this some of you are facing that right now you're like well if i have to move out how am i going to be able to afford this and, and, and all these things now i obviously have the blessing and the ability to to create wealth for myself as an entrepreneur as a business owner i am one who is able to put his his money where his mouth is and, and, and meet that there and, I, and i've done this for years and so I was able to stretch my faith a little bit, probably more than most guys are. but that's not to say that you can't have or do the same things that I did in that process. Uh, realistically what I said was, you know I, I see so many men when they leave their marriages and this was during during my separation, during my divorce. I see so many men they leave the marriage or their wife leaves them and they choose a bachelor life. And so the perspective is, well now I'm just going to be some 40 year old bachelor, And I'm going to have my kids, you know, on the weekends, or I'm going to have the kids when I, when I can, and they're going to come to my little apartment. And then the rest of the time, I'm basically going to be a loser. And like, that's the perspective of so many men, because they think that that's what you have to do. Why? Because that's what they see on television. That's what they see from friends of theirs, because everyone just kind of does the same thing. And I said, no, fuck that. I am not going to be that guy. Where did that come from? It came from choosing a different perspective see when you go, well, Mark, you know, attorneys and judges and and divorce lawyers and and all this, it's going to cost money. And it's all, you're absolutely right. All those things do and did cost money. But my perspective is what helped me not just go through what I went through, but grow through what I went through. And that's because my perspective is a perspective of someone who says every obstacle is an opportunity. Every obstacle is an opportunity for growth. Every single obstacle, is an opportunity for growth. And, and the reason I, I've really just hung on to that is because that is the thing that has propelled most growth in my life. So many people want this easy life where like there's no problems. And I love it when there's no problems. I love sitting on the beach in Maui. I love sitting, you know, on the beach in, in California. I'm gonna go there tomorrow and just hang out for a little bit and just sit and just, just it feels easy, right? Everything's just easy, it's nice. But I'll, but here's what I know is that true growth does not happen in easy. True growth happens in the hardships the true growth, becoming the man that I want to become does not happen sitting on the beach. It happens in the trenches. And so if I want to become a man who owns his shit, a man who is respected, a man who delivers, a man who does what he says he's going to do, then it's not going to be hanging out at the beach that's going to give me the most growth. It's going to be in the trenches that's going to get me the most growth. And so what I chose was a an empowered mindset versus a disempowered mindset an empowered mindset versus a disempowered mindset. And that empowered mindset is what brought me to this place of, I'm going to grow no matter what. And I'm going to have and build the things that I want to build. And so I said to to myself, I said, you know what? Instead of moving out and finding some little tiny apartment, what I'm going to do is I am going to create for my children. Remember, I had, I had four kids at the time. I'm going to create for my children the next chapter in our family's life the next chapter in our family's story. I decided to create the next chapter in my family's story. And some of you are going, wait, what? That's right. Because the way I saw it was that our family wasn't ending. Maybe the family I knew it as, where, where I had a wife and, and the four kids and we all were together, maybe maybe that had ended and it already ended years ago. I was just in denial. Maybe that had ended and I needed to create a new Family dynamic. I needed to create a new chapter, a new story for our family. And that's what I was going to choose to do because I had chosen an empowered mindset. I had chosen to not allow the obstacle to get in the way. I had chosen the obstacle to become an opportunity. So this became an opportunity for me to get the house that I wanted, to restart my financial obligations and pay off bills and build my credit again, which I did over 200 points in a matter of two years. It gave me an opportunity to become the man that I wanted to become. In fact, I never, I am never a proponent of divorce. I am never one to say you should get a divorce. If anybody comes into my program, I never give you that advice. Number one, only you can answer that question for yourself because you have to live with you. I don't have to live with you. I don't have to live with your decision. Only you can live with you and your decision. But in that context, for me, for me personally, Choosing divorce was the best thing I could have ever done for myself. You could fight me all day on it. You could say, well, you could have got, it, could have restored. You could have done all these things. And dude, I've been through that. I was married for 17 years. I, I had restoration, you know, counseling, therapy. We'd done it all and it was dead. It, it, had, it had exceeded its life by probably five to seven years, maybe even longer. And, and, and doing everything I can to make it work, make it work, make it work. And it did not happen. And so choosing my future is why i'm such a big proponent of you guys becoming the ceo of your life again and all of that comes back to this perspective it comes back to you fully understanding what you choose and what you want to become because everything you're looking at right now some of you are looking at your shit, and you're going man this this is hard this is this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and it is it's hard And it's, it could be possibly the worst thing that's ever happened to you, but it doesn't mean it has to take you out of the game. This is the shit that pisses me off is that when I see guys who literally just curl up in a ball and want to die because they lost the thing that they thought they had, because they looked at her as a possession, not as someone that they served, that their ego had been annihilated. And so because of that, they didn't know what else to do. They didn't know where else to go. And I'm here to tell you that that is not healthy. That, that perspective is not healthy that, that person was in your life for a season but they don't belong to you you might have belonged to each other through matrimony through through holy covenant you might have belonged to each other but once one breaks away from that covenant once one decides i don't want to be in this anymore it is not your right to pull them back into something they don't want to be a part of. What it is your right to do is attract them back in, but not pull them back in. To be there, to be strong and let them be attracted to being back in because women don't leave just because some other dude is hot. Women don't leave just because they got some attention from somewhere else. Women don't leave just because you're an asshole. Women leave when there's an emotional disconnection and it's happened for a very long period of time. I bet some of you could look at your marriage now and start to go, it's been a while it's been a while since we fully connected and I don't mean sexually I mean intimately where you felt where she felt heard and understood where she felt connected to you at a deep level and so as we get deeper into this I want to give you three things to really uh take away from this power of perspective and the power of understanding like what what your perspective is the power of being able to like identify things, and the power to actually move forward and take action. You guys know I am not a therapist. I'm a coach. So I'm all about action. Everything we do is geared towards action. In fact, some of you come to my Facebook group and you want to vent, and I say, stop venting, and they're like, I don't understand. I just need to tell you my story. I just need to get it off my chest. No, you don't, and here's why. I'm going to tell you again because some of you don't listen to this. The reason you don't need to get it off your chest is because you need focused action. And once you've released all of that negative energy from you, you're then spent emotionally, number one. And number two, you have no desire to actually take action because you're not keeping the pressure on. In fact, the pressure comes from external instead of internal. And any type of external pressure is never going to be long-lasting pressure. So if the external pressure is coming from your wife, coming from an attorney, coming from somewhere else, other than from inside, you're not going to make any changes. You're going to be doing it for the wrong reasons. So what happens is guys come into our group, They start talking about all the stuff and all these things, and then we talk about change, and they're like, I'll do anything, I'll do anything, but it's always about her. It's always about the thing, the external pain, never about the internal pressure that they start to result in themselves, and so that's why I say, don't give all of that away. Don't vent all the shit that's going on, because you want to focus that, harness that, create an action plan out of it so you can move forward into transformation. Transformation doesn't happen overnight. It is not something that you just click a switch and there you go, you're just transformed. It is a process. Some things are easier than others. Some people get shit faster than others. Some people just, it is a switch. It is some sort of thing. But then that thing has to be built in and it has to become a habit, it has to be something that's long lasting. That's why you get on a diet and you go off the diet in two or three weeks or in six months. Why? Because that never became a, a actual internal tension thing. It was always an external thing. I was talking to my trainer this morning and I was like, I've been on this journey for a year and a half of my own transformation physically. And while yes, I've lost weight and I've gotten you know more physically fit and all those things have happened and I'm not where I want to be. I said, dude, I'm a lifer. I said, you're never going to have to call me up and go, why aren't you in the gym? You're never going to have to hold my hand and make me do exercises. I'm never going to complain about these things because I I have built this thing internally inside of me to say, I am going to continuously show up. I'm going to continue to lift the weight. I'm going to continue to try to eat better. I'm going to continue to do the things that I'm doing because this is my life. This is my identity. This is who I am. It has become an identity shift. I could, I could blame my dad for giving me McDonald's as a kid. I could blame my, my mom for abandoning me. I could blame all these people for, for my weight problems or for my issues or my things. But instead, I chose the power of perspective of going, you know what? Here's what I can control. I can control how I show up. Here's how I can do these things. So that's why I want to talk about is number one. Number one in this power of perspective is control what you can control. Control what you can control. Too many of you come to me and you're just like, oh, this happened and that happened and she's this and she's that. You know, you're hitting the, what we call the she button here, right? And you're hitting the she button and like, dude, I, c- I can't help you until you stop hitting the she button because I can't control what she does. I can't do anything about what she's already done to you. The only thing I can control is the things that you are doing, how you were showing up as a man and what you were choosing to do to move forward. I am not in control of those things. And let me tell you, here's a, here's a, there's a hack, the faster you can accept that you can't control your wife's behavior, the more freedom you will gain. Say that again, the faster you can accept that you can't control your wife's behavior, the more freedom you will gain. Here's the second part of that. You will also have to accept the fact that she will have to deal with her own consequences and it's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. You do the things that you're supposed to do, you take care of you, you take care of your children, you take care of what you're supposed to take care of, and you let the cards fall where they fall. I'm a believer in that. I've been a believer in that. I didn't believe it at first because I wanted to control. I wanted to control everything because of my fucking ego. Again, we're going to talk about the ego, don't worry. But I wanted to control everything because of my ego. And I can 100% guarantee you the reason you're trying to control everything is because your own ego. Your own ego cannot take the fact that it's not in control, cannot take the fact that your wife is in control of her own self and that she can sleep with whoever she damn well wants to sleep with. She can go to whatever party she wants to go to. She can do all the things that she wants to do because she has decided to step out of the marriage. Now, a woman who is staying in the marriage and is choosing to do those things, she will have consequences of, hey, we're going to put up boundaries here and this is not okay. But once she's decided, hey, you know what? I'm not going to live up to these boundaries. I'm not going to do this stuff. You're trying to control me. I'm out of the marriage. Hey, this is going to suck and this is going to hurt, but this is, this is life. And this is where we're at. And I hate it. I hate it for her. I hate it for me, but this is, this is what we got to do. So look, at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. So I'm going to give you a little exercise. I'm going to do it with some of my 30 um, challenge guys. I've done some thrive as well. Um, so you, here's what I want you to do is so I want you to make a list of all the things that you're afraid of, you know, pause the podcast, whatever you got to do. Don't do this mentally. Do this on a piece of paper. Maybe when you're driving your truck or whatever. When you go home, I want you to make a list of all the things that you are afraid of happening in your situation. Again, does not have to be with your wife. This can be in your business. It could be your job. This could be with your kids. This could be in all the things. Okay. So I want you to make a list of all the things that you are afraid of. Once you've made that list, might be five things, ten things, whatever, and then just try to be specific, right? The things you're afraid of in this arena. Let's talk about you know whether it's your wife or your job or whatever. So you make a list of those things. And then I want you to do is put an M, go down the list and you're gonna put an M only by the things that you can actually control. That's it. So you're gonna create a list of all the things you're afraid of so I'm afraid that she's going to leave me. I'm afraid that she's going to cheat on me. I'm afraid she's going to sleep with another man. I'm afraid she's going to introduce my kids to somebody I don't want to meet right? I don't want them to. meet. I'm afraid that she's going to whatever. I'm afraid that she's going to divorce me. I'm afraid that she's gonna take all my money. I'm afraid that she's going to do this, this and that, right. I want you to write all that list out, or if this is your business thing, I'm afraid my business is going to die. I'm afraid I'm never going to make sales again. I'm afraid all this stuff is going to whatever, right. Make a list of all those things, put an M for me by all the things you can actually control. So here's what I want you to look at, is once you've done that, I want you to count them up and I want you to divide the M's by the ones that were not. Okay, so let's say you had 10 things and only two M's, two out of 10, that's 20%. So you can literally only control 20% of what you're afraid of. Think about that for a second. If you have a list of 10 things, I would gander. It's probably 20%. Maybe some of you, it's less than 20%. Let's say it's only 20%. So you, you're worrying about 80% of things that you can't even control. How much time, how much effort, how much money, how much resources are you wasting on things that you have no control over? I want you to look at that fucking number. Cause guys, I'm telling you this, this is a game changer for me. It's been a game changer run i run a highly successful business but it's not easy some people oh man i wish i was you guys you know i wish i was empowered man i wish i was a coach i wish all this stuff i'm like bro you have no fucking idea how hard it is to do what we do like the the amount of turmoil that we go through on a daily basis um when you were lifting up other men who are having a very hard time men who are suicidal men who are getting kicked out of their house men who have court orders against them um, men who have been egomaniacs men who have been narcissistic Men who have all these struggles, and we're carrying them as a company and helping them get through to the next level. You have no idea what that's like. At the same time, you have no idea what it's like to uh, to to develop people that are you know trying to coach those people, develop those people who are trying to um, offer our services to those people. It's a lot. It's a lot of work, and it's a, it's a it's a burden. But it's a burden of love that I wouldn't trade for anything. I absolutely love what we do. So here's the thing: at the end of it. What I want you to do is this is look at the things that you can control and I want you to take note of those things and everything else I want you to ignore. That's it. I want you to take note of the things that you can control and we can formulate a a plan around that. We're going to talk about that in a second, but everything else I want you to totally ignore. So if it's, if it's two out of 10, I don't, we're going to let go of those 80%. We're not even going to think about those right now because none of those have no bearing on what we, you or I can actually do. You can't control where she goes, what she does, all those things. You can't do any of that. And if you can't control it, why the fuck would you worry about it? Why would you spend your attention on something that doesn't give you an ROI, right? This is this is our problem in our culture is that we spend our attention on things that don't give us a return on investment. I'm guilty of it. There are times where I just scroll TikTok or whatever and, and, and sort of get in a mindless funk, if you will. But the more I do that, the more I feel yuck, I feel because I'm not actually spending my attention. I'm not investing my attention into things that are going to get me a return on investment. We make choices. We're constantly faced with choices. If I want to become a successful podcaster, guess what? I have to create podcasts you know how many times I don't feel like making a podcast? It happens almost every week where it's like, oh shit, I got to do this. I got to record. I got to whatever. And it's like, I got to put together a training. I got to do these things so that the content is quality. So I'm not just like shooting from the hip some bullshit that you guys don't really give a fuck about. It takes work, but that's the thing I can control. I can't control how many downloads I get. I can't control, you know, if you guys like it or not, all I can do is control my inputs, my process and my output. Right. And that's that's what I focus on. So here's what we're gonna do, number two. So now we're gonna we're gonna take those obstacles, those fears, and we're gonna turn them into opportunities. Or as a pastor used to say, our disappointments into appointments. Now the first thing is number one, and, and there's there's two ways of looking at this, is don't waste your pain. Don't waste your pain. Do not waste your pain. Wasting your pain is probably the dumbest thing you could do. And this is what so many guys do is because they waste their pain on the 80% they can't control, all the fear and all the crying and all the stuff, on 80% you can't control, and then the 20% you can control, you don't pay attention to. So what's the 20% you can't control? Let's talk about that. Some of that has to do with money, okay? Has to do with the fact that you are a producer. If you are a man, you're a producer, and you have the ability, and I'm not saying women aren't producers. Women are producers too, but they, it's varying levels. Everyone's different, Right? But I'm, I'm talking to men right now. You're a producer and you have the ability to produce income and wealth for your family. So, do you have control over that? Absolutely, you do. You're like, no, man, I, I work a job or I'm on a fixed income. I don't give a fuck if you're on a fixed income. If you just listen to my rant uh, earlier in this episode, you hear what I have to say about that. Because there's nobody who's on a fixed income other than those who want to be on a fixed income. And I'm not saying there's no such thing as disability, you can have a disability, but I also know and believe in my heart that you can create other skills that don't require you going to work. Unless there's some sort of mental handicap with yourself, a physical and mental handicap where you literally can't do anything and people have to take care of you. That's a different story. We're not talking about that. We're talking about those of you and most of you able-bodied men, you work 50, 60 hours a week, and you're in a job you hate Uh, you're doing something you can't stand because that's what your dad did. And so you just followed in his suit and you just do the same thing he did. Instead of creating a new life for yourself, you just keep doing the same shit and you don't feel like you can control it. You feel like a victim, et cetera, et cetera. But you can control this. You can control your money, your input. Why? Because you have skills. And if you don't have skills, you can develop skills. You're not an idiot. I don't care how dumb you were on the SAT. I don't care about any of those things. None of that fucking matters. What matters is how you show up every single day. What matters is what you choose and how you choose to do it. So if you want to learn a skill, you can learn a skill. I knew nothing about Facebook advertising uh, 10 years ago. knew nothing about it. All I knew is I put $5 in, I lost my $5. I'm like, shit, how do I, how do, what do you do with this? I knew nothing about it. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm working at a nonprofit as a, as a um, manager, marketing, online marketing manager. And while I'm there, I had been sort of like watching Facebook ads and like watching how people were making money with it, and started to learn the skill of Facebook advertising and said, hey, can you give me a budget? Let me learn this stuff. Give me a small budget, let me test it out on our advertising and see what we can do. And I went from spending about $1,000 a month with with that nonprofit to over $100,000 a month in advertising just for that one organization. And it took me about a year, year and a half. I learned the skills necessary. And then guess what started to happen? Other nonprofits wanted to hire me to run their ads. And what happened? I started running a business on the side while I had my full-time gig, a side hustle that then gave me more money than what my regular business, my regular job was giving me. So I quit and started that full-time. Now, not everyone's supposed to be an entrepreneur. I get it. Not everyone's supposed to be without that. But you can side hustle. You can definitely, and you should, side hustle. If you're barely making it, you know, week to week, check to check, and and all this stuff, you need to be putting your ass out there a little bit more. You need to find something you can do to create and generate wealth for yourself and your your family and your kids that is something you can control. Some of you are like, I don't know how I'm going to pay this attorney bill. I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's like, dude, either go get a second job. Or go create a side hustle that you can generate income for your family. Why? Because you're not lazy or you shouldn't be lazy. You are more capable than you realize. But some of you just want to be lazy. This is an opportunity for you literally to get an ROI on your pain. An ROI on your pain. Starting Empowered Man was my way of getting an ROI on my pain. I had like nothing left. I had 90 days of 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 bills being paid and i said i gotta make this thing work and somehow by the grace of god i made it work and turned it into a very successful thriving business now that's not just by accident obviously i've been you know been in business for a while and um and you know have skill that i've developed over the years but it took a lot and it still takes a lot to get bigger and to get better and to continue to grow into who we want to become it takes a lot it takes a lot so look, you got to turn these obstacles into opportunities. The way you do that is by taking the, the 20% or the things that you can control and you focus on those things only. That's how you turn disappointments into appointments. I took the disappointment of divorce and turned it into a business that helps men going through divorce. That's that's one thing. That's one area. That's one aspect of what you can do. The other is I couldn't control how my wife you know, showed up with my my kids. My ex wife showed up with my kids. But here's what I could do: I could show up for them, and when they're home, I can give them attention. I can take care of them. I can do the things I need to do for my two year old. Right? That that all comes from a place of ownership and leadership. That's how I turned to obstacles and opportunities. Uh, many others, you know, decided to, like I said, create that new story for our family. That meant getting a house that was awesome was better than the house we lived in before. It was more expensive than the house we lived before. I, I took a leap of faith and I made it happen because I wanted my kids to know that hey when you're with dad this isn't just going backwards. We're moving forward. I chose to move forward. I chose to leverage what I could leverage to become um you know empowered in every aspect of what I could do. All right here's the final piece drink the truth serum Drink the truth serum. In Thrive, this is one of our assignments. It's actually a seven-day assignment that I give you. And literally every single day, you're going to drink the truth serum. You're going to answer these questions, and you're going to submit them to the coaches. And the reason we do this is because we found that so many guys come in, and they're drinking fantasy. Like, they're just in, like, they're just in fantasy land. And so you have to ask yourself the hard questions. What is really happening? Where are you re- Where are you playing the victim? And who are you blaming? Asking yourself these questions, what is really happening right now? What is really, really going on? Is she really cheating? Does it matter? Does it matter? What does it matter if she's cheating? Why does that matter? I ask guys that all the time. Why does it matter? Your wife said she wants out of the marriage. Why does it matter if she's having an affair now or, have, or sleeping with some guy or, or dating some guy? Why does it matter? What? Why does that matter? What, what is it going to change if you know the answer to that question? She's going to be a worse person She's going to be a greater sinner. No, it's your fucking ego. I, dude, I know, I know exactly what it's like because I did the same thing and it made no difference in knowing what I know. Because at the end of the day, our marriage was toxic. I was toxic. I had to end it because I was toxic, not because of her. Me, I chose it for me because I was not able to be functional and healthy in this marriage and I had to bring an end to something that was already dead. That's why that's the truth. That's the truth serum. That's why if you notice when I get on here, I never blame my ex-wife for anything. doesn't matter what she put me through. None of that matters. Her story is her story. That's why I didn't tell my kids the things that, that happened because it doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is how I show up as a man and what this is doing inside of me to make me the greatest man I can be. Where are you playing the victim? Where are you playing the victim? Ask yourself that. Where am I playing the victim right now? Where am I looking at my circumstance, my situation saying, I'm a victim. I can't, I I just, there's nothing I can do. This is where I see so many men. I see so many men playing the victim financially. I see so many men playing the victim when it comes to their emotions, when it comes to their responses, when it comes to how they show up and they just feel like they have no control over their own self, but yet they're trying to control somebody else. Ironic. The dichotomy of that is ridiculous. All right, the final piece, where are you blaming? Who are you blaming for this situation? Who are you blaming for what's going on? Where are you looking at for these things? That is the key here. Because if you're so focused on blaming people and situations and you know her friends or her influences or, or whatever, or the stock market or Biden or Trump or whatever, and you can't look at you, you're gonna lose you're never going to win in this game of life. You're never going to win life. And you're always going to be really realistically unsuccessful. Um, You'll never be successful by blaming everyone else and everything else. So guys, that's all I got for you today is a power perspective. I know it's a little bit longer, a little bit more of a teaching style, but I really wanted to like give you guys some in-depth stuff and hopefully it was impactful for you. If it was, Please leave a positive review on our podcast, and especially Apple. Um, I'd love to get some more five star ratings on there. Um, show people what we're about. Leave an actual review on there, please. Uh, Empowered AF is the you know platform there in uh, Apple. Um, but yeah, I want to hear some more from you guys. And uh, look, if you're in a place where you're ready to start changing your perspective, we, we have a, a place for you. We have a place for you where other men are gonna help you change your perspective and shift your perspective to that of one that is growth, to that of one where the obstacle is the way, that opportunity is right here in front of you. We have that for you and that's our Thrive program. So if you want more information about that, just go to empoweredman.co slash book empoweredman.co slash book. Fill out the application. One of our advisors will reach out to you and and talk with you about what's going on in your situation. Look, we don't take everyone. We can't accept everyone. It's not a fit for everyone, especially at a different different times and where you're at in your in your in your life and what's going on in your marriage and etc. Um, we're not a not a save your marriage type of a business. We're a save a man kind of business. And that's what we focus on is we focus on the man finding his identity again. Um, we we focus on your communication, we focus on your ownership and your leadership. And those are kind of the the areas that we do that. So if that's you, if that's what you're looking for and you feel like you're ready to take the next step, I want you to go to empoweredman.co slash book. If not, I will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. Join your host, M. Sizzle, J-Dub, and Mandrew as they sip on some bourbon and spit some truth. Welcome to the bourbon moment.
1: Dude, I have my bourbon today. <laughs> I sent Mark a picture earlier. I was like, dude, I'm running by the liquor store just so I could grab two little things of bourbon. I even felt sad walking out with just this. <laughs> But yes, I have it today.
0: Well, at least you got it, man. Yeah. At least you got it. Mark, you drinking that peach stuff again? Huh? What? You're drinking that peach stuff again today? Dude, what the heck? Okay. Say that again. Are you drinking your peach stuff today? No. I I left it at home. So I still have my regular stuff here, which is just some bullet, I guess. But, you know. All right it works it works Again, in this episode Roger Craig huh it's good man it's a little bit cheaper and um it's de- like it's good it's decent for what it is to be honest got it yeah I mean this stuff works I got <laughs> I had a lot of it over the weekend oh yeah crack it open jelly. No, he's, look, he's looking like a homeless guy right now. He's, he's drinking with the homeless guy's drink. Are you going to drink a chair of the bottle? At least, like, for the first couple of sips on the, for the YouTube. You got to, yeah. <laughs> Power me. that puppy back. Don't show the brand. That's
1: right, because one day we'll have our own branded version. We can't give exactly. free clean time for anyone. No. Unless it's manscaped.
0: Exactly. I'm going to say that in every episode.
1: Yeah, every episode. Dude, I kid you. Okay, one sec. Look at this. All right, bro. I got a random... Tell me why I got a random package from Manscaped.
0: I have no idea. Because we talked about it last time we did this. Dude, you got to shave yourself. Rival prompts pube demonium i love Why? their marketing stuff Why should be one of the guys that fucking sent it to you after they heard the podcast because we talked that we actually had the and you didn't
1: yeah see i do i do have the shaver thing but like this is like i got wipes and like this little thing that you're supposed to stand over i guess yeah yeah so if someone did send that
0: after hearing that podcast it was probably <laughs> k-tuck yeah it would be either k-tuck or something uh Gary, uh, what's his name? Would do Gary uh, Watson. Gary Watson would do that
1: totally. That's so he would do. Whoever did that, touche, you guys got me. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Yeah.
0: Um, a lot of the conversation came up uh, this Tuesday as we were logging on to Misty's call. And Misty's like, Where do you guys talk about this stuff? So everybody's like, The bourbon moment. And she's like, When do I get in on the bourbon moment? We're going to have her. Yes. We're going to have her. Yeah, be nice. so much
1: fun. Misty, Not like
0: a, a Georgia girl drinking some bourbon, bringing that that misty fire. <laughs> that shit burned. I
1: feel like hair's growing on my chest right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, now you'll have three. Oh man,
1: that was good. I remember when I got my first chest hair.
0: Did we talk about that in the last podcast? Yeah. You can't talk about it twice. Like, you know, these people are gonna be like, wait, I didn't, sign. I didn't sign up the book.
1: I just still remember that when I got the first one and then to like be in like retrospect now that like there's hair everywhere, I didn't <laughs> expect it. It's kind of came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the first time you notice hairs down by your, your penis. And you're like, uh, what is that? Uh, this is different. Yep, I remember that. And now we all take care of it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's like, at first you're like I can't wait to get hair on my pe- on my penis so that when I'm walking around gym class you know in the sh- in the shower part not like just openly naked you know that I have some hair and I look like a real man. Now we're like get this shit off of me. It's annoying. I don't I don't want it. It's crazy, right?
1: Like it's, it's almost like a paradox. I actually recently was like looking into things like sweat glands. I didn't know you could have certain sweat glands removed. Like armpits, palms, to everything. But I've also heard those things can come back as well as yeah. hair removal.
0: I'm just old? saying, when, when you hit 40, though, like all kinds of shit comes that you didn't even know existed. Like hair just keeps growing in different places. It's weird. It's 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 very strange. Grows in new places, not so much in others, you know. Yeah, you lose it. I'm not others. 40 yet, but. <laughs> yeah, I swear, I thought you were older than me. And then I... Found out like you were. <laughs> I mean you had more gray in your beard than I did last uh when we first met. I this is this is all empowered man gray. <laughs> this is where that's come from.
1: People that don't know when Mark turns up it actually says E M. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not supposed to do it. That's supposed oh, to Oh, sorry. Now that they know the that we're lying. Hey, you like but the new Anytime officer? someone meets you they would be like does he really have EM under there?
0: Yeah, they'll have to really go like this because I'm kind of short. So Thanks for joining us on the Bourbon Moment. This is your host, M Sizzle. I've got Man and I got J Dub. And we are out. We'll see you next week.